Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Previously on the Mike Wise Show. Is, is Giannis keeping Giannis forever in your future? <laughs> what do you, what do you I, look, I think so. I mean, um, you know, it, it's funny. All the articles are always about what's he going to do. You know, my view is I think he's staying, right? And until I'm told differently, um, I think we have a great relationship with Giannis. I think he, he loves Milwaukee. He loves the coach. I think at the end of the day, you know, he's like everybody else. He's going to want to win. If he thinks we have a shot to win, then he'll stay. If he doesn't think we have a shot to win, then he's got to decide what he wants to do. But I think ultimately, type of person he is, he wants to be with the same team for a number of years. That was Milwaukee Bucks co-owner Mark Lassery on last week's Mike Wise Show discussing Giannis Antetokounmpo's future in Milwaukee and how the team expects to keep the Greek freak when he becomes a free agent in two years. Speaking of free agents and players on the move, today's guest, ESPN front office insider Bobby Marks, who spent 16 years with the Nets. He'll help us break down the Anthony Davis trade from New Orleans to the Lakers and size up some other upcoming moves involving marquee names in the NBA. Darlene, hit it. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? Welcome to the Mike Wise Show. Uh, special, I guess we call free agent draft edition. And uh, since one of the biggest dominoes has already fallen, uh, I brought on who I think is probably as, as good as anybody's ever been with the NBA cap, salary cap, Bobby Marks, the ESPN insider, former Yahoo insider. And if people didn't know, he was like with the Nets forever. You start, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Bobby, you started there in 1995. I did. Yeah. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm right out of college, uh, right out of Marist College as an intern and just worked my way up the food chain so that's where I kind of put my roots did you remember uh, I mean, did we ever have conversations um, when I was there because I, I actually had hair then and you probably didn't even recognize me I covered the Nets 94 95 with Isola and a couple other guys and then they put me on the Knicks after that but we were always we always had our hand in the Nets and we sort of like secretly rooted for them because they were you know they were the Secaucus guys and the Knicks were just sort of like they thought they were always going to Elaine's after the game <laughs> on the east side. And we thought, you know, the Secaucus the, the guys, they go to hooligans and and they would they would clean out the potato skins in the wings. Um, well, you're right. And we oh, uh, hands. Sorry, not hooligans. Yeah. In Secaucus. And you're right. I mean, they, the group was called the Secaucus Seven. They were owned by 
And uh, we, we, when I got there, we were, we were practicing out of a trucking facility in North Bergen, APA That's trucking, right. and we shared it with them. And then we finally upgraded to a fairly Dickinson T-neck. Uh, and then we really went to luxury. We had rent, we had Ramapo college. And then when, when coach Cal came, he finally said, you know, enough of that. Let's, we need to build our own practice facility. Uh, so we wound up doing that. So, yeah, I think, uh, we were kind of like the blue collar organi- you know, organization now. Oh, when they when they got to the fi- when you guys got to the finals those two years, it was, it was like wow, wow. You talk about a uh, seeing it from the ground floor up. That was that was fun. Well, you're right. I mean, and it's 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 comparable to what we just saw with um, you know Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. Mm. You know what Jason Kidd was able to do, and not you know we that we didn't win a championship with with Jason, but you know, basically to take an organization um, and, and, you know, make a big trade, a gutsy trade, and um, kind of put an organization on their back and, uh, and get to a finals here with uh, what Kawhi was able to do with the Raptors, and he was able to – they were able to win a championship. Yeah. Bobby Marks is my guest. He's the ESPN front office insider. And uh, right, right off the bat, and I, I confess to not covering the league money-wise like I used to, it looks like – from what I, from what you've said to other people and your own reports, that the Lakers are going to have enough money under the cap, even after acquiring Anthony Davis, to make a run for another All Star. Can can you lay that out just for people who are, are kind of like, wow, we thought LeBron and the Lakers were done. <laughs> well, they 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 are, but they're not, and it, and, and this is where it gets gets a little bit challenging. So. You know, yesterday when, uh, or on Saturday when they when they agreed to do the um, the Anthony Davis trade and the, you know sending out uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart in the fourth pick in the draft, there there were two scenarios, Mike, that were kind of laid out here, and a lot of it had to do with timing of it. And um, before the trade, the the Lakers were projected to have around thirty two million dollars in cap space, and 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 how they would have to time this trade is. Uh, they would have to use the money first. So let's say, for example, they signed a player like Kyrie Irving. And then what they would have to do is they'd have to wait 30 days from, um, from July 1st when they signed the fourth pick in the draft. And, and why they would do that is because the fourth pick in the draft, that slot doesn't count for anything salary-wise until that player signs his contract. And then you got to wait 30 days. There's a restriction there. And then you'd have to, you, you'd be able to match the money. Okay, up. Who's so, there? Oh, sorry. Yep, yep. And so, so, so what ha- what happened was is that uh, word came out on on Sunday that well, New Orleans is going to do. They're gonna they want to do the deal on July sixth. And, and what that would do is what that thirty two million dollars to go out and get a player like um, Kyrie Irving uh, or Kemba Walker now shrinks to you know twenty seven million dollars. So now you're you're below that max slot and. Uh, there's also the the chance that that money even shrinks even further because Anthony Davis has a 15% trade bonus in his contract worth $4 million. So at, at the end of the day, what was thought as the Lakers having a max slot, um, they could possibly just have $23 million to use in free agency. So it, it it really just comes down to how they time this trade, but you'd have to have cooperations from the Pelicans here. The in your estimation, you're you're standing uh, back from both franchises. 
who got the best of the deal here? So many people think that the Pelicans with with the picks, the players, that Anthony Davis would would have to almost uh, you know bond with LeBron and another free agent to win a title to make you even feel like they got the better end of the deal. Yeah, I mean, like I think it's comparable almost to the the Denver deal with with Carmelo Anthony back in 2011, where mm. we all thought that the Nuggets really made out well with picks and um, you know young players. Um, and so it, it, you know, hey, when you're whenever you're trading a top three or four player, um, the the team that's trading him usually never wins the trade, right? Like, how could you say that? Yeah. You know, Anthony Davis, you know, when you line him up with Lonzo, with Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and, um, you know, Josh Hart in, in the fourth pick and draft picks. But I think what David Griffin did, their, their head of basketball operations, he did as well as he possibly could. And I and I and, and this trade is going to be defined um, not today or tomorrow, but three or four years from now when we look at what the fourth pick in a draft turns out to be, if they keep it or move it. Um, what the you know the 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 pick in 2021 that the swap rights they have in the future years um, and, and unprotected first and what two, 2024 um, what those actually turn into you know it's it's kind of like a trade that can kind of have you know eight different tentacles here so mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of it has to do with too with the late you know what the Lakers wind up doing with their cap space and how they build out that roster you know now and, and going towards the future so hard to put a grade of who won. But I think both I think both sides accomplished what they were looking to do. Uh, if Anthony Davis wanted out so long ago, and Rich Paul made it clear whether you whether you agreed or disagreed with their methods, uh, and and they essentially Pelicans essentially got what the Lakers offered earlier, or maybe they didn't. Um, if you're Dell Demps today, what are you thinking? Well, you're thinking that you know it's it's based some you know it's about luck and the lottery mm. and how things change where you know what the what the draft picks were in um, in uh, late January early February where we probably thought that Laker pick was going to be a pick in the teens and we thought that Laker team was probably making the playoffs here and now all of a sudden it's, it's the fourth pick in the draft and it has a, a lot more a lot more value here and. And you've already that, got number one. <laughs> and you already got number one. That's right. And that's the Pelican teams that didn't have number one, you know, at, in the, in, at the trade deadline. And that the, you know, that New Orleans was able to extract out future assets and, um, you know, pick swaps and deferred picks. Um, and it, it's, it's comparable to probably what was offered in, in late, you know, late January or February, but now you add in the, you know, the fourth pick in the draft, which, yeah. which was probably, it's a, you know, it's a, you know, that, that Tuesday in, in, in mid-May, the night of the lottery was a, was a game changer for the, for the Pelicans. I, I, I'm glad that they got the number one pick. There's still this feeling in me that, and maybe it's the person that that's too old now and, and is, tired of all these mom and pop shops being moved out by banana republics and gaps. I feel like, I feel like the Lakers eventually got what they wanted and, and LeBron is right back in the, in the title picture again. And, and not that he's not supposed to be, but you know, the lake, this is the Lakers. And this is what happens to small market teams that think they're going to ever be the Lakers. I know San Antonio and Milwaukee and several other franchises 
uh, run up against that uh, to the counterintuitive point. But I don't, it still bugs me that, you know, if you're Zion Williamson today, you're thinking, man, AD and me are going to make a nice pair. <laughs> now it's sort of like, is Lonzo going to hit me on the fingertips? I mean, I don't know. Well, and I think you're, you're, you're right. And I think it's also that, like, when did we really ever think that the Lakers are going to organically build this roster since draft and <laughs> development, right? And no. I think that changed. That all went out the window when you went out and got a LeBron, you got LeBron James last summer. Yes. But, you know, in, 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 in a perfect world, Mike, you know, that would have been probably the best way to build this roster out is let these young kids develop. You have LeBron and then take advantage of, you know, have a selling point for free agents come this summer to, to get a player in that. I think the realization was that was not going to come true. And, um, you know, now you have, yeah, you have two players, two top five players in the, in the NBA. Um, and I think it's like now what's next, right? Now what, how do you take that $23 million or maybe $32 million and maybe you, you divide it among two or three players and, and really build out that roster. And I think if you were the Lakers, you, take, you, were, you were able to take an aggressive approach because of what happened in, in Golden State, right? I mean, like yes. if, with, with the injuries to Kevin Durant and um, Clay Thompson and both guys going to be out – a significant amount of time next year that that opened up the playing field i mean it really did to go out and do do a deal like this the pe- the pendulum of power with that one deal is just swung i mean also with the injuries but the pendulum power has swung so much in, in just in just hours really and i don't know i you know your thoughts on does does kevin durant actually Actually, goes actually go to New York. Does do, do the Knicks now take him, realizing they're he's he's not going to play for probably the most the the, the good part of next year at the earliest. Well, and I and I yeah, I think when with the Durant injury, there will be plenty of suitors. And in, in, in when you look at New York and Brooklyn, um, you know, possibly the Clippers here, even with the the Achilles, that teams are going to be are going to be willing to pay him you know, four years, $164 million with the belief that he will recover even if after a year. And and, and a lot of the thinking, Mike, is that, you know, it, it, we would rather have Kevin Durant three out of four years than nothing at all. And when you look mm-hmm. at the, the, the crop of free agents in summer of 2020, where we're, we'll let, now we could probably take Anthony Davis off the board with the Lakers. Matt, you're really now looking at, you know, Draymond Green, um, DeMar DeRozan, um, the Gallinari, Kyle Bradley, Lowry. Bradley Beal, but he's restricted, I think. Well, no, Bradley Beal's not a free agent until 2021. Oh, that's so, what I meant, 2021. So, so for this for this group, there's a real drop down. So there, people are looking at Durant like, you know what, he'll be out a year, but he'll be our 2020 free agent addition. And I think that's why you'll see you'll see the, the New York teams and possibly the Clippers kind of line up and, and willing to kind of pay him even if he's going to sit, going to be out a year. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I, I'm just here going down the, the, the list. Kyle Lowry, Gordon Hayward, uh, Paul Millsap, Horford, Otto Porter Jr. I mean, yeah, the drop-off is substantial. This is, the, this is the summer you wanted to have money, and this is the summer where you wanted to get some deals done. Uh, you're off the top of your head. What does your gut say? Kawhi Leonard, where does he go? I, I think the Clips. I, I do. I mean okay. – it's hard, but you know, it's it's hard to read through. You know, 
he's the one guy that you can't get a read on at all. Usually you hear whispers from somewhere, the Durant camp or the Kyrie camp. and But for Kawhi, he's been straight-faced through, through this all. Um, certainly Toronto has a compelling case when you win a championship and that player's been there all year. And I give a lot of credit to their um, – you know, to their medical staff and their strength and conditioning, how they were able to kind of basically put Kawhi Leonard back together here. That's a a great point. And and have him, you know, where, how he produced during the, during the playoffs and monitored him. And it's, it's a hard for a team like the Clippers to go into a meeting for, you know, for a three hour, four hour meeting compared to what Toronto was able to do in 10 or 11 months here. So I just, I didn't think winning a championship, he's one, two now, that it's like, you know, all right, what's, what's next for me? What's my next challenge here? And I think, I think kind of where you see the Clippers, they're, they're comparable to Toronto. They're basically they had a great group of role players, but they're maybe they're one player away. We've got more coming up with Bobby Marks. But first, a shameless plug for Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is but one of four weekly shows from Pure Hoops Media. We're here every Monday with great guests like Bobby Marks, Bucks co-owner Mark Lassery, and other marquee names from the NBA. On Wednesday... We present Catch and Shoot with Noah Kozloff and Adam Stanko. And every Thursday, Monica McNutt drops by with buckets, boards, and blocks. Monica and her guests have some strong opinions and analysis, so don't miss the BBB pod. And finally, every Friday, three-time champ B.J. Armstrong and Eric Newman, America's documentarian, drop in with the Pure Hoops podcast. Please check out all our shows. Download, subscribe, listen, rate, review, and enjoy. Our guest is Bobby Marks, a guy who I've come to know and like uh, in a very short time, not only because even when I was at ESPN, he was this tremendous teammate that I won't give up all his secrets, but (laughs) the the great thing about Bobby Marks is he would share them with you. Like, I'm not on that email chain anymore because I don't work there, but gosh, it was the greatest email chain of all. It was like a cheat sheet for anything you ever wanted. You still do that, and I think that every, every writer from Wojon down should give you royalties because you are the one who gives them the news on what's happening in the, in the cap. Well, my, my, I think, you know, the, the salary cap is like Greek philosophy, right? It's like yes. not, it's not an acquired taste. I love it. I love studying it. I love the numbers. Um, but I, I think my job is to make your, every, the writers, their job easier. You know, like if I yeah. can just kind of, like here is the information for you as far as if you're covering the Lakers or the Knicks and you have a question regarding trade, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's part of my job is to kind of be like your researcher. And I, and I, uh, and I enjoy doing that. Bobby Marks, a 16 year uh, front office um, insider for shoot, not insider. He went where he worked for the New Jersey and, and Brooklyn Nets. Um, somehow he decided to leave that profession and work with the media jackals. I still don't know why. I don't know what the other side of the fence held for him, but he's very good at it, I must say. I don't know. Was there a fork in the road, Bobby, where you just said, um, I'm done? I have, I really, I've always wanted to work with the media. <laughs> I didn't have a choice, Mike. Oh, I, got, I got laid off. You and me, you yeah, that's the story of this podcast. You know, and, 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 the, the crazy, and the crazy thing is too, and I think it's kind of, you know, like a, like a, le- you know, like a life lesson for people who you get a fork in a road and you don't know, you know, something happens in your life and maybe you're out of work and you're, you had been doing something for 15 to 20 years. And you're like, what's next? And 
I, I had I didn't have a choice. You know, I didn't have teams knocking on my door and I, you know, I, I took up going on social media and tweeting about deals and contracts and how the money works and and uh for a whole summer and I basically provided a free service for everyone in the summer of fifteen and that got picked up and that got picked up by Yahoo and Woj was at Yahoo and the yeah. then the vertical started. And I'll tell you, Mike, I had never written an article before in my life. I never did. And you know, real quick, the first article I ever wrote was for Hoops Hype. I was like, like a, on a consulting basis. That was basis. great. I love this. And I sat in front of my – it was about um, – I think it was about free agency or some training camp. And my, I knew what I wanted to say, and I, but I sat in front of this computer for about two hours. I couldn't type the intro. I couldn't type anything. And my wife was a school teacher. came in. She's like, all right, well, let's get going. Like she basically just jump-started me, and it kind of went from there. And um, and but that's how my my media career started. And now I think I've wrote what like a hundred articles this year and stuff. And I've looked back for, and I've and I'm I'm not Zach Lowe and I'm not you and I'm not you know these these really good writers. But I, I've I've held my own and um, I've gotten better. And you know and now I'm I guess I am part of the media where you know four years ago I, I thought I would be you know like a, this would be six months and I'd be back with a team and we'd be doing this you know uh, all over again but uh, but it's been enjoyable. Yeah, to to salary cap is to to salary cap if we had to break it down in, in Greek philosophy. I I I think you have such a a specialty um, niche that and and you also. You also add some real thought to it uh, that that you use plain spoken um, team insight to go with the money that I think is invaluable. And I think, you know, it's just it's great. And it's great. And it's great that you I got That's That's awful. I mean, that's great. My wife, if I had tried to change careers and like that, she would have said, what are you doing? You're tweeting for free. You think this is going to end up in anything? Like this, like you've done this all your life. But look where you are. I know, honey, I'm still trying. Um, the uh, look, I, I'm going to go down the list really quickly here with you because, you know, Kawhi, probably Clippers, but you don't know. Kevin Durant, uh, if you had to th if you had to think where he's going to end up, what would you what would, what would you say? I, I would say Golden State, uh, but with a little bit of an asterisk here. And I, and I think I think we'll learn a lot in the next. Um, you know, two weeks here as far as what the relationship is between Durant and that front office and, and certainly with the, the medical group there as far as how that, you know, if there is any bitterness, and I don't think there is, how the, with the injury and how, it, how his season ended here. Um, and if we see Kevin Durant sign elsewhere, uh, Brooklyn, New York, maybe even the, the Clippers, I think there was maybe some, some hard feelings here. But I, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say the, the Warriors. Yeah, I, I think I think you make a good case because not not because the Warriors uh, were were always sold on keeping Kevin Durant, but I th I th tell me if I'm wrong. You feel like there's a little guilt notion here on their part, the fact that he he is going to be out a year. Um, he's he, he is you know he can sign wherever he wants next year, and and you're you're in a place if you're them where. Um, I don't know. Your coach has openly said it wasn't his call, and you're almost in a place if you're that organization saying, "Like, if we don't, if we don't show that we want Kevin Durant to be here still, what kind of organization were we last year?" Well, and I think I think too is that you know you look back on Durant when you went since he's got there in, in 2016 as far as you know the the last two years as far as the contracts he signed, 
right? I mean, in, in 2017, uh, I don't want to say discount because, you know, we were, you know, for the working person, you know, taking a discount from, you know, 30 million to 25 is, is a little bit different, but, you know, he took, he took a discount that was, they, they were able to bring back Sean Livingston and, and Andre, Andre Iguodala that year. And they don't win. Uh, and um, let's be honest, they don't win two. They, they probably don't win those two titles without the significant role players like that. No, they don't. And then you look at last year, he took a discount again, and then it saved them. That yeah. He went through the numbers, and you know, in the in the past two years, he's been, he saved the organization seventy million dollars in yes. salary and luxury tax. So I think that that part of it, I think there's you know certainly there'll be a, a max offer there. I think there's a lot of, you know, I looked at it as unfinished business, but it's a matter of kind of, um, you know, Durant deciding if it's going to be, you know, there for the long haul. All right. Pardon my ignorance. I, I think Clay Thompson's going back to the Warriors just for every reason that you could imagine, including he likes it there. He likes playing with Steph and he's maybe one of the, the most egoless players of that stature I've ever met or seen around. And so I, I feel like he's going back to the Warriors. I agree. I agree too. I yeah. don't even think that's a, I don't even think he'll probably take meetings if, if there's yeah. a, if there's a contract they're waiting for him on, uh, on June 30th. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Well, here's an interesting case. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's a shame, right? It's, it's kind of that where DeMarcus was, you know, before the injury, he was a max player. You know, he's got the Achilles, then he signs for, you know, five point um five and change in, in Golden State as a you know, try to rebuild up his career and he gets hurt again in uh in the in the um the first round. And I still don't I think there's still a, the market is not great for for Demarcus here. I think you're he's probably looking at nine, maybe nine million, ten million dollars and, mm. and it's he's and he's a guy like he's gonna probably have to wait if he's looking for a bigger payday. He's going to have to wait for, um, you know, a team that maybe misses out on free agents and he can go there and sign like a one-year $15 million contract. But I, I think it will be hard for DeMarcus to go out and get like a four-year, you know, $60, $65 million deal. And it's it's hard, to, it's hard to pinpoint a team right now. It really is until kind of where some of these free agents go. I think DeMarcus one of those guys who gambled and lost in the free agent battle. I mean, he, 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 this is what he wanted. And yet it was tough watching him, even though he had the heart and he had a couple great moments. I mean, he, for a while, he had the vertical, you know, you could measure his vertical with a Costco card. It was tough. And I think a lot of it had to do with the injury. Well, you're right. I mean, I think you saw in that game too, there was a lot of good moments, right? And then, you know, you get to game three and it felt like the, the tank was empty. And I think that was kind of maybe a little bit of, you know, certainly conditioning and, and fatigue here, but I think it, it would be hard for a team to commit, you know, three or four years on him. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, Jimmy Butler. Well, I think right back to Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I do. You know, I, 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 I it's hard. It's, it's hard because, you know, you, you take the Lakers out of the mix and, I don't, I don't see the Knicks kind of anteing up for him and kind of what else is, you know, what else is out there. And I think when Elton Brand, their general manager, does a trade to get Butler and Tobias Harris, he knows that it's going to probably, you're going to have to ante up here as far as what you got to pay. Yeah, I think you're right. Do you, boy, do you really think Kyrie would go back to play with LeBron James again? I mean, I, you, I, you, I, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I I don't, and you know, especially now if if they don't have the money to do so, and right, you know, I mean, all all point all signs are pointing to Brooklyn, which is which is pretty incredible considering that, you know, Brooklyn they groomed D'Angelo Russell, had an All Star year. There's the the strength for the Nets was their backcourt with uh, with Russell and Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie and yeah. Joe Harris, right? I mean, like that's that was a position of strength, and now you. If if Kyrie is your guy, and you know, hey, Kyrie's a heck of a player, second team All NBA. You know what happens to Russell now? Is he the odd man out? And then you know, you, you're still going to go. You need to address some needs here. So um, I, I think I think Kyrie's pretty fascinating. But yeah, I mean, all signs right now are pointing towards Brooklyn. Wow, that that'd be so. I mean, they they wouldn't have a a guard of that stature since well, Marbury or Kidd, I guess. Um, and and D'Angelo, in a way, it helps D'Angelo Russell too. He becomes a very wanted free agent on the market if he's if he's the odd man out. Well, sure. I mean, especially if he becomes unrestricted free an unrestricted he's free agent. Twenty three years yeah. old. I mean, yeah. And then you look at teams like Indiana and maybe Chicago, Phoenix um, that need need a point guard, and, and yeah, he'd become one of the better available players. I could go down the list, but uh, you know, I. I feel like JJ Riddick's going back to the 76ers if they if they ante up um, enough, um, or he's going to find another team that he could probably get to the finals with. Um, he, he'd be, be a fascinating Mike. He'd be a fascinating name with the Lakers. You know, oh. what, you know, to go back to go back to LA and um, you know to pair with that group there. He would be an interesting. He would be an interesting name there. He oh he'd be shoot he'd he'd be what Kerr was to Jordan LeBron would he would be the kickout guy he'd be he'd be the be the, the kick and penetrate guy and and LeBron would make his life easy until he retired. Well, you're right. You're yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, all right. Uh, lastly, I I got to talk about uh, the Washington Wizards not just because I live in D.C. and I've I've covered them um, from afar and up close for probably a good part of 15 years now, I just feel like they're in that purgatory place where they're not bad enough to, to you know, ever procure a Zion Williamson unless they got really lucky in the lottery. And yet they're not good enough to make the playoffs and, and attract a free agent of substantial nature. And when I hear this report that Ted Leonsis might be spending $10 million on Messiah Jury, I don't, it's hard for me to believe. I don't, I, I'm not saying the report's wrong. I'm just saying that Ted barely, you know, Ted doesn't spend that kind of money on general managers and coaches, maybe on Scott Brooks a little bit, but, um, and, and I don't think people in DC would be excited if, if your main free agent was your GM, uh, irrespective of what Ernie Grunfeld did or didn't do. So what, where do you, where, what do you see them doing and, and do they even, do they even weigh into the conversation in the Eastern Conference in the next couple of years? I, I, I don't see it unless, you know, John Wall gets back healthy, Mike, and, you know, reverts back to an all-star. And that's going to take some time coming off that Achilles injury. And that contract is, you know, certainly holding that organization down. You know, it's probably one of the – probably one of the worst contracts probably in the NBA right now, just based on, and it's not, a, it's not because it's, you know, it's, it's basically, it's a combination of where the money, how high the money is and, and John being out. Uh, and 
that's a big number to be sitting on your books when, you know, you have, you know, certainly with Bradley's number and, you know, they're still paying the price in the summer of 2016, Mike. I mean, yes. they really are. I mean, the, the great cap spike really that, that doomed that organization when you look at, you know, Jan Mahinmi and, uh, and uh, Nicholson and Jason yeah. Smith, right? And, yeah, um, that's why that's why Ernie lost his job, I think. he That was the one summer, not that he needed to ha- get KD, but the fact that he couldn't get Al Horford and that, and that all that money was there and he had to do something with it. And what he did with it did not help them short-term or long-term. And it just, uh, the whole thing backfired. And, you know, and then he really misread the market too, because I think he thought he was going to get a meeting at least with Kevin and that never happened. And so, well, you, yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. So. I mean, and, and it's hard. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're five days away from the draft and they have not hired a general manager yet. That's you've crazy. Got, what, the ni- you've got the ninth pick in the draft, and you've got, you're ten days away from free agency. And you've got what eight, seven or eight free agents. You got to figure out what you want to do with you know Portis yeah. and Jabari Parker and Sadaransky and you know that group there. That there's nobody in place. You know, I know Tommy Shepard, who's you know their assistant GM, has been you know the interim. But if and let if Tommy's not the long term replacement. It, it's hard for a GM to walk into that situation where it's already made for you. You know, like yeah. if if for somebody who who you know maybe they the person that they were hired doesn't like um, Cam Reddish at nine and they right. like somebody else. So or doesn't like Scott a, Brooks as the coach. Sure, it's a it's a it's a it's an and, and Ernie got let go right. Mike went and when the, right, the season I don't even think had ended yet. No, it um, hadn't even so ended. We're, we're about two we're about two two and a half months in. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is I always joke that Ted Leonsis didn't, even with his hockey team, he, he never really hired GMs as much as he appointed Supreme Court justices to those positions because they were from George McPhee to Ernie. They were around forever and, and he hadn't got a guy. Masai Ujiri, do you think he goes back to Toronto? I, I do. Yeah. Um, I think I think there there's still that challenge there to try to you know get back to the finals and win it all um, and in that roster. You know, even with if if Kawhi does leave, that roster will still be good. You know, you've got Siakam and Larry Ibaka, um, Gasol, Van Vliet, uh, Norm Powell. Um, you know, is is um, you know under under contract. So, uh, I, I think uh, I do think for for Toronto there. All right, uh, Bobby Marks, you've been very kind. I guess my last going out would be, I feel like the Warriors dynasty is done, and not that they can't win one or two more. And especially if Kevin Durant gets healthy, but, but when that pendulum swings, it swings hard. And, and when, when, whatever you think teams are doing now, whatever you think players are doing regarding playing with their friends or trying to get people in line so they can, so they can keep the court at the park, so to speak. I don't, I don't know. I don't, because of the injury situation, I, I don't see Steph doing this all by himself. I think it's going to be very hard for them to get back to the finals at least next year. You know, it, it's a little it's, – it's comparable in this way where – and I know the circumstances are different. It, it feels like it's when, like, when Jordan went to go play baseball. Right? Yeah, like, that's a great analogy. Had, you know, like, you know, of course it's different because of the injuries, but it's almost like we're going to get, like, a two-year – 
we had this dynasty and then we're going to get a two-year break from Golden State. And they're and like, who is that? Who's, who is that? Is it Houston? You know, is it that Rocket team that kind of snuck in there in the mid-90s mm. and, you know, won a couple championships? Like, who is that team? And then, and then we're going to see this Golden State team again, you know, rebooted two years from now. These guys get healthy. And all of a sudden, this, the team is back, and, and maybe the, the parts are a little bit different as far as there won't be an Iguodala or Livingston. There'll be another, you know, the, another group of, of guys coming off the bench. But that's where it, that's that's how it kind of feels like. Yeah, and 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 who knows? The Warriors, if the, you know, the, the people running the organization there uh, have a lot of uh, from Steve Kerr on down have a lot of the Spurs tree in them. I just feel like that that could be them. They, they, they would reboot, they'd figure out a way to get it done. And if you're LeBron James, this is your window right here. You're, this is your window. If Forget about you being a, uh, an entertainment impresario. Your nuts and bolts are basketball, and people will remember you more for that than anything. And you had to realize that this year. I think he's going to be as hungry as he can. He's going to be hungrier than he's ever been. And I think he knows that he's got a short window to win one or two more. Well, you're right. I mean, this is this is this is the opportunity, right? You yeah. know, they've, they've they added that marquee player that he's been looking for, and and the team that's been the dominant team in the West the last you know five years is you know kind of limping to the finish line. Yeah. Well, this has been great. I know your dad. We talked before he came on, and you got 13 and 10 year old boys. Uh, I, I we're taping this on Father's Day, so happy Father's Day. And uh, and I really appreciate, even when we briefly work together, um, you're, uh, from afar, I've always enjoyed not only your, your work and the time you put in, but your perspective on a lot of the things in the league. Thanks, Mike. Have a great Father's Day, too. Thanks to our guest, ESPN's front office insider, Bobby Marks, for being so generous with his time. Thanks also to my producer, Bruce Bernstein, for his many contributions and our great editor, Ben Wolfen. Please listen to all the shows from Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot with Noah Kozloff and Adam Stanko, Bucket Sports and Blocks with Monica McNutt, and the Pure Hoops Podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. If you listen to all the Pure Hoops Media shows, you'll be a smarter basketball fan, and everyone at the lunchroom in your office will be in awe of you. Or they won't. Either way, listen. <laughs> See you next week on the Mike Wise Show. The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.